podcast episode i don't know because we're recording it at conroe and it will go out at some point it'll be in the 180s like 184 yeah i I think our kid has like six obligations the last week of the month so i think that's probably gonna be the week (laughs) give us a week off uh but we are at conroe herps conroe september 2023 uh let's go ahead and get our our sponsor stuff out of the way. Yeah, if you're looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herb's Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Yes. Normally I would say Herb Shows, but since I have no idea when this goes out, just uh, go to the Herb's website and look up the shows. Yeah. I know... But the next show after this is... In Baton Rouge. Gonzalez. Okay, same thing. I mean, it says Baton Rouge, but... This will not Gonzalez. go out before that. This will not go out before that. Uh, but check out Herps, and there'll be several shows coming up soon, so go there. It's Waco in October is the one after that. Waco. Yeah, yeah I'm going to that one. I've never yeah, been to that one. But this may come out before Waco. Maybe. Who knows? I don't, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Whatever we want to We, we just kind of roll with it. <laughs> uh, little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, isopods, and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and amphibians that consume them. I strongly re- recommend Little Shop of Horrors rodents because I use them and. I've had some uh, tricky ball pythons that didn't want to eat forever, and then they started eating once I started feeding them. That, so it's L-I-L apostrophe S. It's always hard to say Lil's, but Lil's shop before us. Check them out on Facebook. And if you need a UVB LED bulb, check out VivTech products and use code GUMBO22 to save 15% on any purchases between your LED bulbs or all their smart tech or anything else you want to get from them. Go check them out. Uh, it's coming out later, but we're supposed to have Erica McVeigh on this week. We're going to talk about yes. tech stuff. Yes, oh, she's, nice. feeling, she's feeling much better now. Good. Her toddler gave her the crud, and she was running a fever and everything, mm. but she's she's feeling much more herself now. That's because I stand by my statement that kids suck. Yeah, kids have germs. They ruin all the fun stuff. Oh, they are passing <laughs> all sorts of stuff around. Lately. Oh, yeah. I had it two weeks ago. My fourth gross. graders. I'm like, uh, y'all are germy, and you gave it to me. Uh, and they were like, ugh. They're gross, and, and they suck, and they, and they cost money. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, get, let's get to our guest. Uh, well, first, instead of Robert, we have Rachel hey guys. filling in for Robert today. Because our guest today is Tom Harbin of Tom Harbin Reptiles. How's it going, Tom? Hey, it's great. Good to be at Conroe. Good to be with you guys. That's yeah. right. I'm, I'm excited to have you on because uh, I'm not a huge hog nose fan, but you do produce a hog nose that if I was going to own one, I'd have to. And I think it's oh. the Solar solar first, Storm. Yeah. the first I'm hearing about this. No, because it's, it's red. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's like blinding red. It's insane. Yes. Funny. First time I saw one, I was like, that, that's a crazy... Because I, I like... So I do boas, and I like all like albino boas and trying to get the reddest out of all that. So I'm a big red fan. Yeah. Although Katie's boring, and she likes anery. I do like black and white snakes. Oh, so boring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No color. No. Okay. I, I think they're cool, and I they're like black and white. And I, I want every color. But the reds, and the, the reds and the pinks make sense, if that's... that's oh, I know that's what it's you hard, like it's so not, much. It's hard to explain, right? Like, it's... It's an unrealistic red-orange. Do you have any with you today? 
Yes, I, I have mean, one you, solar storm. You can take me to see it when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> so what all is in that? Because I don't know. So I don't know hog. Hog. I keep wanting to say hog islands, but that's boas. <laughs> hog nose genetics. Yeah. But well, well, these are western hog nose. And of course, with the easterns and the southerns, there's not a lot of genetic diversity. Yeah. A little bit, but anyway, these are western hog nose. It's two recessives and two incomplete dominants, or codoms, depending on which yeah. crowd you run with. <laughs> um, <laughs> So there's sable, which is a hyper-melanistic recessive gene. So that, that's a lot like uh, IMG and boas. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. And then there's albino. Okay. And there's several different strains of albino. I like to use the one that's the extreme red or the purple line mm -hmm. because you get a lot more saturation. It, it doesn't turn yellow like a lot of albinos, like ball pythons or Burmese. The albinos turn yellow. Yeah. But these stay red and orange. And so, and then you put a conda on it twice, which turns it into super conda. Which gets rid of the pattern. Gets rid of the pattern, except for just a little bit of pattern on the head. Yeah. And so you just got this electric orange snake, very saturated, and they're insane. Oh, yeah, that so, definitely so, sounds right up your alley. Well, you know, it makes sense because it, it does a lot of what I would like to eventually do in With boas. With your boas. I was going to say. Yeah. Because I've... IMG and albino and sunglow. So, so yeah. the sunglow reduces pattern and lightens it up, kind of like the condo will. And I was then the say. albino and then IMG in boas causes, because you have no melanin, causes the red to take over the entire body. So I guess it's a good thing I got an IMG then? Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah but I need a head. I, your path, your track to get there is too, too long. It's, oh. I got too many genes I got to get in there, so I got to get something with like four genes already. Yeah, as he was describing this entire process in my head, I'm thinking this is exactly like what James would be talking yeah. about with his boas right now. Like, yeah, so just, yeah. just the whole thing. Like, I don't like to use this this version of albino for this reason because you want more pinks in your boas. And yep, yep. that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. we get to choose, right? Yeah. That's so, the fun part. Well, yeah. the fun part is like yeah. when you produce your own, and then you get to choose from that and keep stuff right. back. Yes. And, and everybody chooses different, which yeah. there's room for all of us. Mm -hmm. So That's uh, cool. How long have you been, in general, how long have you been keeping snakes? And then we can talk about the hog noses. But. I brought, you know, I'm probably like most little boys, little girls. You know, you bring a snake home. Six years old, which I'm 71 now, so I've had snakes literally ever since I was six years old. So yes. oh, wow, I'm I not good that. with math, but that's 65 <laughs> years, right? <laughs> Right, 65 years. That's awesome. But didn't start doing any breeding until the early 80s when we were just sort of in, dabbling in with corn snakes. Yeah, in the Stone Age. Ages, right, right, right. Does that? Hey now, hey now. <laughs> I was born in the 80s. Okay. No, 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 it's different. Okay, okay. You're old, aren't you? I am old. Born in the 80s and the reptile hobby in the 80s is, is drastically different from the reptile hobby like now. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. I mean, people, it's like the Dark Ages. Yeah. It's, really. There, there were no reptile supplies. Right. You were right. taking fish supplies or hardware supplies and making everything work from that. There was oh, no wow. internet, you know, nothing. You, you, we might would have gotten a few sale price lists in the mail, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you know, you did everything by mail or by phone, and there were no reptile shows. Did like you have like like meetups? Like I know there were like um, some of the there's some herp societies back yeah. then that would have meetups. Yeah, they, those kind of turned into mini reptile shows. People right. trading stuff, really right. not selling you, stuff. You'd come and trade, and you know, just talk and have herp clubs, and you know, that's what we had. That's so that's cool. That's so though. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I feel well, like that'd be way better. Well, and the, the difference is to me, then you had to be a reptile person to get into it. Right. Now someone comes to a show and they just go, I want that. And they're not a reptile person. They just have to have money. Yeah. And they get stuff. Right. And those are those people you see get out of the hobby in like two years because they realize, oh, no, I don't want to clean up shit. Right. Uh, right. And so it's a completely different mentality in the hobby <clears throat> then. Also, there was a lot more, I mean, y'all were really learning 
everything. Yeah. Everything was trying to yeah. learn, not just copy now. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of us were collectors. We'd go out and capture and try to acclimate them to living in captivity. Yeah. And you get lucky every once in a while and get them to breed, or you'd catch a gravid female, you know. And uh, But those those were not anything like today. Yeah, you, you weren't trying to breed there. It was kind of right. like kept two right. snakes together and came yeah. in and oh, there's babies. Or there's maybe, eggs. maybe. Hey, maybe. Look. <laughs> but we just enjoyed capturing like I, I was I was raised in Mobile County, Alabama. Where oh, she's from I'm Grand from Bay. Grand Bay. Way to go. <laughs> I graduated Davidson High School. I was a uh, an Azalea Trail maid my senior year. Yeah. Oh no way. Yeah. No way. How oh my gosh. That? I just awesome. love this man uh, even more in this moment. <laughs> so we both went to college at Troy University in Alabama and that's oh. so crazy. Uh, now, we won't need them for the rest of the show. I you know. and I can talk, this right? Is, I, like, I, just, I already <laughs> I loved this about, man as it was, but now, now he just, <laughs> of course, of his, course. His of coolness course. factor just went like uh, up by a trillion, y'all. Uh, uh, and then we got Sean and Sean's shaking his butt in front of the window. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's a good thing this is audio only. I know. I'm always interested in the hobby back then just because... It's 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 so different now, yeah, and in good and in bad ways. Right. Uh, right. Social media has not has helped and hurt the hobby. Right. Social media it, sucks. Right. It really does. Just all around. <laughs> not just back then, for the reptile. If you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. mail someone something, you're gonna have to write a letter, which puts thought. And it's not random thoughts that you can just put out immediately. And if you're going to do, if you're going to try get something or set up an actual project of any sort, it took effort and time and thought process, not just money. Which is what it seems to take now is just money to get into something, and then yeah. realize that it's not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Let me let me tell you a couple of things that I don't know if I'm proud of it, but I'm not ashamed of it either. So my first cousin, they lived in Colorado for a while when I lived in Mobile. And of course, they had a lot of critters out there that we didn't have in in Mobile. So I would occasionally get a box in the mail, and it would have horned toads in it, and it would have just <laughs> right little, little chuckwallas, and I mean different, you know, crazy stuff, and. Um, that can't happen anymore. No. no. Um, <laughs> we took a trip when my boys are 42 and 43 now. They were born in 79 and 80. They might be 44. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> so I took them out to um, skiing out in uh, Salt Lake City. So we went up in the mountains and skied. And just so happens Lou Porus was down in Sandy, Utah, which is just a town right below. Anybody ever heard of Lou Porus? He was a big importer. Gotcha. You know. He had the very first pair of albino Hondurans. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so I was able to purchase the first pair sold through him. So I was sort of in the, you know, forefront of that. So anyway, we go to Lou's place, and he's got, oh, my gosh, I was just blown away. And so, of course, we flew in. We had to fly out. So I couldn't leave Lou's place without buying some snakes. I bought 10 or 12, you know, little boa constrictors. I don't even know what else. So how are we going to get them home, right? (laughs) So uh, I've got my two boys. We put them in our socks, tuck them inside our pants. And so here we ride on the airplane with snakes in our pants and socks. Oh, my God. I love this. You are straight out of the book. That is that wild. 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 Snakes on a plane. Oh. Snakes on a plane. I can only love all that. So, so the other story like that, if y'all heard of Bob Applegate? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Bob, one of the really historic people in our in our hobby industry. Yeah. So um, I bought some snakes from Bob and... Um, he said, you need to come out and hang out with me. So I, so I flew out, and uh, he went and picked me up at the airport and uh, went up to his place up in the mountains. And uh, I really went out to look at his uh, Gila's. Oh. And uh, he, he didn't have any Gila babies, but he did have some beaded lizard babies. And so I said, okay, that's the next best thing. So I buy four <laughs> beaded babies from him, put them in deli cups, put them in my suitcase, 
check him in his baggage. <laughs> that was before they started checking baggage. This has uh-huh. been 25 years ago. So here I am. I've got beaded lizards in the cargo hold. And so we used to do stuff like that. We're smuggling within <laughs> the state, great. y'all. Smuggling, yeah. right? Right? <laughs> so if y'all need me to do any smuggling for you, I'm an expert. That's all. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Got this. Never got caught. Never got oh caught. Oh, my so. God. Shut <laughs> for smuggling hands. Got it. That's crazy. That's great. I love oh, it. Oh, how funny. Well, and just the, the hobby then versus the hobby now, the, you know, there's a lot of things that died. Sure. There's a lot sure. of learning. But, you know, I don't think a lot of people now realize what went into getting just light bulbs that we have or just the cages that we have. Right. Or right. In, any of the, like, thermosets that are made just by companies for reptiles. Right. Well, or, so, right. So you and I have been together for almost 19 years. Too long. Got it. And okay. Okay. <laughs> I can remember when we first started dating that you were having to go to like Lowe's. Lowe's was a great place to get some. Because you were like, I have to do this setup for this animal or, and you'd go to Lowe's and then you'd go to like the Dollar Tree and then you'd go to like Home Depot and like you'd hit up all yeah. these stores all the, that oh yeah. none of pieces. them were pet stores and you were putting stuff together. Whereas now you're like, oh, I need you to call Andy because I need to get this cage from him or I'm going to get with Robert because I got to build this rack. Like now... It's all available to you. Oh, it's crazy. Well, and so the big part of that, we've talked about on the show, so I, and I don't, don't take any offense, Tom. I badmouth ball pythons on the show all the time because <laughs> I just. Ball pythons aren't. But, but I always do give them credit. For all that stuff we have uh-huh. is because of them. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, they have driven this industry for quite a few years now. Yes. And it, it would have suffered had it not been for the ball python part of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's just like the, all the stuff we have now because of them. If if people now who got into the hobby just right now were transported back to 1995, they would not be able to function because no. <laughs> all no. the stuff they would normally think no. you have to have right. to keep these things alive didn't exist. You know? Well, I, I thought I had arrived when I had my first rack. <laughs> and of course, you go to Home Depot. That was before Home Depot, probably. You know, you buy these sheets of melamine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're Route a groove in it. You put it together, and we would buy the heat tape that you wrap around uh, the wire pipes. Yeah, yeah, and you'd have to cut into the little thing and hot wire it so it would stay on all the time. And you'd put it on a light dimmer, and we thought we had arrived when we had racks that we made it at home. I love it. I know, right? Right? Was it? I think it was Kathy Love who still uses like dimmers, like racks of dimmers. I think so. That's all we had. Yeah. You couldn't even buy a Renko dimmer back then. Yeah. You know, or a... Or the Johnson controls. I think Johnson, I remember right. when I first got in, because you didn't have... When I first got in, you didn't have Herbstat. You know, I think uh, the big thing when I first got in in early 2000s was Helix. The Helix thermosets right. that just come out. Yep. Those were big. I've still I still got some those. Helixes. I still, I'm still running one. I was going to say, I have one. I still have one. They are bulletproof. Oh, yeah. They're great. They're great. Um, is, that but, the, is that the one with the, the knob? No, no, no. Those no. are the cheap, like, no. her, the... There's five million different brands because they're made in China and they just put their name on it. But, yeah, I have those, one of those, those in my classroom. But the funny thing is, those those are still more advanced than what you would have used in right. the 90s, oh, right? Yeah. Than just oh, a absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. I used tons of those twenty dollars thermostats for absolutely. forever. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's on my my fat tail gecko. Yeah. Well, and what people <laughs> can't appreciate is, I think the Helix was probably the first digital proportional controller, yeah. and and now everything's digital. But before then. You just had to go to Home Depot or go to the whatever. And know. monitor temps, too. Like yeah. Right. No, you right. Know, now we just put it on temp and people forget about it. And unfortunately, sometimes that comes back to bite them in the ass. Right. happened. Right. Back then, like, you had to make sure you were on top of your temps or else you'd burn up a corn snake or you, something like that. you cook it or start a fire. Yeah. That's you know. Crazy. So, uh, anyway. 
Different day. Like I'm so OCD about my thermostats. I am. I check them at least twice a week. Yeah. I, I almost go look yeah. at them. I almost. This is the first time in 20 years of keeping. Well, I was gonna say you've never had this where issue I, before. Uh, I just. I, I didn't pay attention to my animals enough. They, they were. It was a big 70 rack, and they, they were always towards the front. And I'm like, God, why are they always? And this went on for a while. And that ball python that wasn't eaten was yeah. in that rack, and I think this fed, led to it. And finally, you know what? Let me temp check the thing because every time I put my, put my hand in the rack, I could tell that the air felt a little warm, and I just. I didn't think because I have it on a herb stat. It's fine, whatever. So I temp gunned it, and it was like 110 in there. Oh my God. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. And I went and looked. The tape had come off. And so, the, yeah, yeah, the probe was still in the rack. It just wasn't on the tape. wasn't touching the And container. so it was full blood. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I should probably check that. Uh, and because I, well, I took the tub out to clean it, and there's a little brown streak on the back. I was like, that can't be good. Yeah, that's. I found that in one of my racks, too, uh, about a year and a half ago. It was in my female rack. Yeah. And I was like, I pulled the tub out to clean it because I was. It was like every three or four weeks, I always like scoop everything and check the bottom of the tubs just to make sure I got everything out of the corners. What? And there was a melt spot on it. I went, oh crap! Yeah. I yanked everything yeah. that was plugged into that plug out. I unplugged like four racks all at once. I was like, get all this unplugged. I got to check everything. And I proceeded to like tear through the entire yeah. yeah. to check yeah. every single tub, which took me forever. <laughs> well, I think the other thing that has changed a lot is. Early on, this was a very colubrid-driven yes. industry yes. until the ball pythons came along. So back when we were doing whatever, gray bands or grira or, you know, uh, corn snakes, getulus, all the different king snakes, we'd get eggs, we'd set them up in vermiculite, put them up on the top shelf in the snake room, forget them. We didn't have incubators. Oh, yeah. They hatched just as well. We got just as good of results, you know. But who, who would have ever thought about making an incubator? I know. And then you look at, like, the, the poultry side and you go, oh, yeah. they, they do. We can do that. Absolutely. And then we can make it better. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. just, well, and, like, the, the, the things catching on fire and racks up, that comes down to, in this hobby now, we feel so much like everything is just so simple and so easy, and we don't monitor the things that you should monitor, right. like regular temperatures, because right. right. yeah, I plugged it in. It's plug and go. And it's, it is, but it's not. There's still right. a lot of stuff that needs to be checked There's on still. the base. There's still, yeah. Um, so go back to like talking about how it was very uh, colubrid based. Uh, I always find that very interesting, and it, it's it's funny because you definitely find a lot of the people that have been in the hobby since like the 70s and 80s right. are folks that were into gray bands and corn and because right. that's whatever they had and that's what we had. Um, but you've seen a lot of those things, unfortunately, not so much disappear, but because of ball pythons, right? They're definitely not as prominent, and some things have kind of disappeared from the hobby, and it's kind of sad. You know, the the positive we talk about the ball pythons, yeah, they've helped a lot of the the supply side and the actual hobby, but unfortunately, it's caused a lot of people to kind of become monotypic in their collection, and you lose a lot of those little extra things. Right. right. Like, I, there's special things like I love my got rubber boas. I've wanted rubber boas ever since I was like 14 and saw yeah. them in field yeah. guide, and I finally got them. I love rubber boas, and I'm like, I don't understand. We have these boas in the United States, and like, no one does. How are they so hard to find? Like, you would think by 2023, tons of people would have had rubber boas because it's our own boa in our own country. And we don't. Everybody's like, no, we got to go to Africa and get this one snake that lives in a hole. Right. It's got to be it. Right. And I don't, I just, I wish that more people would, if you're going to do ball pythons, that's cool, but find something else. Right. So that we can keep those things alive in the hobby. Well, so your daughter actually went through something very similar about a year ago. She was like, why are there no normal corn snakes? They don't exist. Like, she, the was, like, she was like, I just want a normal corn snake. The rare snake on earth. The pattern was cool and she was like all this other stuff is really neat but the normals are just so pretty yeah. and I'm like baby you're not you're not going to find that. Nope. Like the closest you're going to get is an oka tea. Right. I said right. but that's you know that's that's, that's just not there anymore. Right. 
Well, you know, back in when the Loves used to take all the trips to Madagascar and yeah. different things, you know, herping trips, and I mean, like, holy cow, that's just. I remember sitting through one of Bill's uh, little talks about his yeah. trip and all the pictures. I think uh, that's insane. It, but what came along to me, that would have been great. I never did. Or the uh, Amazon Basin, you know, never been there. Yeah. But equal in my world was to get to go to Del Rio and ride Highway 90 and yeah. 277 and Juno Road and look for gray bands. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, when I finally got to go to Delaware, I thought I had arrived. <laughs> I love it. You know, so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that are, I don't know, memorable and things that you just look forward to doing. And uh, you don't have to go to Madagascar to find no. cool, cool snakes. Right. Well, I, so. I keep talking to Robert. We're, at some point, we're going out West Texas. Absolutely. And, and we're going to go road cruising. We're going to look because Yes. Like, I, there's, I think so many people forget that there's cool stuff in our own country. We got it. Like, We've got it. You know, everybody wants to think of the exotic stuff, but I'm like, there's a lot of cool stuff. If you go, and it's not even all the big stuff. There's a lot of really cool, like, like patch nose snakes and some of the other, like small stuff that no one really right. keeps. That it's just cool to see because you right. don't see them anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. My first trip out to Del Rio, um, Jimmy Norton and I, we rode the rides all night for seven. Finally, the third night, there was a snake going up the, the rock cut, and I'm hollering, Jimmy, Jimmy, I got one, I got one, I got one. Well, the closer I got, it ended up being a clobber eye. Oh. And uh, so here I am out catching rattlesnakes, you know. <laughs> so uh, I said, Jimmy, I need you. So he's behind me with a flashlight, and I'm up here with a snake hook. I said, I'm going to fling him out in the road so we can catch him without getting bit, you know, or without him getting in a crevice or something so we won't find him. So when I do this, I didn't realize that the little snake had wrapped his tail a little bit. Instead of going that way, it bumps off the top of Jimmy's head. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. And then flies in behind him. So I just about killed my friend out catching gray bands. Ended up being a rock rattler. Oh. So uh, <laughs> I know, right? What we you... all live to laugh about it the next day, though. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were right back on hunting the next night, you know? Oh, my what God. did we do, you know? Probably had to change his pants, you know, yeah. but uh, other than I that. Imagine so. Oh, man. Gosh. The other thing that's interesting, and this is one that I can never do because I just know my interest, but is locales. You know, yeah. so yeah. many people were, were locales, but I think gray bands are like the number one. Like, right. Because people are like, it came from this side of the road next to this cactus under by this rock. And I'm like, it's the same as the guy over there. I don't get it. I know. I, know. Uh, I can't I can't get into that. But, right. But some people are like, it's got a little more gray, so I know exactly where it came from. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a bunch of bullets. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, yeah, it's we such have a, a ling tree yeah. female gray band, and Robert wants a ling tree male. Yeah. Aren't yeah. your rubber boas locales? I can't find a male. Can't find it. Can't find uh, it. I need one. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the... Um, uh, the sand boas and the, the the western you know United States the rosy boas mm-hmm. yeah a lot of that's locality stuff. Well, see, and I've got I've got a pair of rosies, but they're they're so when I first got them, I got them in probably 2004 or five, and uh, they're labeled Mexican rosies. Like, oh, they're Mexican rosies. They're they're black and white, and I'm cool. And it wasn't until later on I realized I saw like a poster once of Mexican rosies, and all the locales like. Oh. All right, so these are just Mexican roses. I have no idea where they come from. Right. So they're right. ask. They are just Mexican rosy boas. I have no idea the locale because there's a whole list of them, and it's, it changes the, the width of the stripes and the shade of the grays. And I'm like, uh, that's way too much. It's I can't very much. specific. Wow. I, I think the other thing that I got to see back in those days, and this was 91, maybe. Um, we were in Tennessee then. Uh my friend Terry Hearing was used to do the dick, you know Terry. Yeah. I love Terry. So of course you know he was the one that hatched the first uh, albino tricolors, yeah. which, which were the Ruth and I. So uh, Dr. Gartska, which was a herpetologist at University of North Alabama, um, he used to go into Mexico and hunt and collect and do his research. Well, he brought back a bunch of these Ruth and I. He got them to reproduce, 
And so he calls Terry and said, hey, how would you like some Ruth Vanilla? And Terry said, oh, yeah, you know, nobody's ever had them before. And so he had two gallon jars of Ruth Vanilla babies. <laughs> he had hashed out two, two clutches. Gallon and he jars. said, he said, he said, these are unrelated. Why don't you get you a pair? So Terry reached into one jar, gets one. They reach into the other jar, gets the babies out, and make sure he's got a sexed pair. So Terry takes them home and raises them. And the first ones that he had had an albino. And so that's where our awesome. first albino tricolor came from. So Terry, he said, you got to come see this snake. So I went down and took pictures with a Polaroid camera of, of those uh, albino babies. So That's crazy. That's I, I wish I'd had a phone with a camera on it, you know? Well, just think of the odds of, like, had yeah. he not gotten the two, yep. how long it would have taken until we actually got yep. oh, albino. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. literally luck of the draw. Yeah, forever. Exactly. Or maybe never. Yeah. That's uh, so crazy. Anyway. But I, I don't know if stuff like that happens. It probably does, you know. But uh, just those memories for me are just yeah. priceless. Well, I think they are for the rest of us when you share them as well. So it's not <laughs> oh, yeah. its not just you. We get just as excited uh, about your stories uh, as you uh, get telling them. So yeah. It's one of my favorite things is to sit and listen to the stories from people who have been in the hobby for so long. You oh, just learn so much. As, and we, as, just... as we make Tom feel old. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. So how long have you been into the hog noses? About 10 years. 10 years. Um you know, I was looking at all the normals it shows, and I was thinking, ah, those are just trash snakes, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm thinking, holy cow. So, And I had had hog nose as a, as a child. We yeah. had Easterns, but uh, and we had melanistic ones, you know. Well, and, that's, uh, that's what I caught um, when I was with Troy. I caught a pair of, I guess they were Southerns? I don't know. They saw the black ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are the Easterns. Those are the Easterns. So I caught a pair of those. We had some land at the college, <laughs> and I'd gone on herping. And it, they just burnt the whole place. A whole uh, forest. They said gone through a burn. Yes. And then I found the. I don't know how I found these two black snakes sitting inside the, all of this black ground. But, right. Uh, and then I played for like three hours of just flipping them over, uh, and letting yeah. them flip themselves back Let over. Let them play dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the most fun thing to do because they don't. I, I. I don't understand. I see you gone, Tom. <laughs> this is what happens when we record. We don't have video for Some all of you to see, but all so the other vendors come up <laughs> to make faces <laughs> and. <laughs> All right, leave your $20 on the table. Here. <laughs> right. So, did you go to Troy? I did. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's where we met. See, I live uh, I live out high two way, uh, Highway 231 going out oh, yeah? to Montgomery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, live, I went to high school in Dothan and then college in Troy. I can, so. I can be in Troy in 20 minutes from where I live. I'm jealous. That's so crazy. It takes us 11 hours if we want to oh, go back. Yeah. We haven't been back since. <laughs> we're talking about going back next month. Are you? Yeah. 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 We're trying to go back for, for a football game and take our daughter. who's Because she's, she's convinced she wants to go, and I'm all for her wanting to go to Troy. Yeah. It's a great we, school. We want to see awesome. campus. Great school. It was yeah. best four years. I, lo- I love it there. Well, if you're around, stop by the house. We when, might. When we moved back to Alabama, we bought a farm. We've had 60 acres, and so we have goats and cattle. And, then, of course, we have the snakes and yeah. whatever has to go along with that. You know, chickens I'm, and cats I'm and I'm coming dogs. on this trip, I feel like. I'm going to Tom, I'm coming on the trip. <laughs> yeah, we have family in Prattville. I do. And so they're like, so if y'all come, are y'all going to come by? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what kind of, way. I was like, I was a, like I don't know what kind of time we're working right. with here. Right. Like, she was like, we both have work. My parents live up near Huntsville. And she's like, we can go visit your, visit your parents. Like, that's I was like thinking five about hour, four or five hours. Right. Like, we're not going. I was like, right. they can no. come down to the football game with us. And Absolutely. Yeah. Head back. Absolutely. I was like, we'll visit your family in Mobile because that's on the way through. Right. We, yeah, we right. would for sure. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, there's, I wish more people would get out and, and, really get into the hobby it's and i get it some people are into the hobby just for the owning and that's fine right, right. um but i feel like th- there's a different respect level when you actually like learn about animals learn where they're from and there's some people that own 
animals they bought at a show that have they, they couldn't find it on the map where they come right. from. Well, right. I think there's also right. different levels of being involved in the hobby. Like what you're talking about is getting involved in the less popular no, 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 no. or less well-known no, even, side, it seems like. Even if you want to own a ball python, know where it comes from. Yeah. So many people oh, couldn't find gotcha. it on a map. They couldn't name a country that it's in. Like, don't oh, just, don't okay, just, uh, I get what you're saying. Now. They may not be able to name it. the continent. <laughs> so gotcha. Right. That's it, kind of sad. It comes, know it's a ball it python, but they can't tell you it's That's from where they Africa. Come from. <laughs> well, and, and for people to do their homework or research, you, you come to appreciate. People say, oh, that's cruel to put that animal in a dark cage like that and in a drawer. I say, why? Tell me why it's cruel. Because they want to put human emotions on it. Right, yeah. right. And, and you can't humanize them. You've got to study where they live, where they come from. They live in holes, you know, all oh, their yeah. life. Oh, yeah. In a black hole that's tight. So anyway, so it's Let's, it's funny that you bring that up. So we have a fat tail gecko in our classroom, and he's under his hide all the time. Yeah. Well, the other day we came in, and my blinds were closed, and the lights were still off, and it was the day that it was super overcast last week, so it was real dark in my room because we didn't have the sun coming through the skylights. And my kids went walked in, and they were like, everybody, shh, they were like, be quiet, be quiet. You know, clays out of his hide because it was so dark in the room that they were able to see him out and about. And our principal came by, and he was like, what are we all excited about? And they were like, Clay came out because it's dark enough in the room. And so he feels like he's safe in his cage. Like, they were explaining it to our principal, and he was like, you teach English. Like, it's so cool that these kids (laughs) know this. And I'm like, you know, I was like, I didn't even think that they, like, they made the connections on their own, which was really cool. But That's so amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. He was. He was, like, cruising his cage, though. We've never gotten to see that before. But, you know, and one of the significant things for me, I'm, I'm a veterinarian, and probably 15 to 20% of what I do is exotic stuff. I, I don't do birds, but I do a lot of reptiles. I don't stuff blame you for doing birds. I'm like having fingers. <laughs> I don't you know, right, and pocket mammals. But I can usually solve 90% of people's problems just by talking to them and taking a history. How are you keeping your animal? And so if you don't do that part of your work before you bring an animal home, you're going to kill that animal. You're going to make it sick. You're not going. To, you're not going to be happy. The animals aren't going to be happy. So, so that's important for us to educate yeah. our people. And when I come to reptile shows, at the heart of all this, we are all educators. Yes. yes. And if we're not educators, we need to leave because you're in the wrong place. Because we're not doing our animals a service. We're not helping people grow. You know. So anyway, that, that's just sort of a little. Advertisement, no. I guess, and I agree that, and it's funny because yeah. our hobby tends to pull people that are not people, people that don't right. that don't uh-huh. talk to people, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you see people that get into the hobby and they want to breed, and then those kind of people, I'm like that's fine, but if you're going to go to a show and sell, you've got to be able to talk to people, not even just talk to people to be able to sell, but like we've talked before, a lot of people that get into the hobby, the first person that tells them a piece of information, that information becomes gospel to them, right? Whatever it was, right, right. wrong, or different, and so now when the second person they talk to tells them maybe the right information. They don't believe him as much because right. the first person told them, and the first person knows everything. He's the authority, yeah. And, and that really messes up. So you've got to at a show if you're if you're at a show at a table, be the first person, right? Like give good information, be the first person, tell them because you don't know who's going to be the next person they talk to. And so that, that's one thing I think. Our you just got to get better at talking to people. Right. And Katie and I we're both right. teachers, so like we're used sure. to that. Sure. Being able to talk to people, but you know, just like you talk, if someone comes in with a sick animal, we can usually correct something. It's usually husbandry related. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Most of my collection is is sand boas, and so a lot of times, someone, you know, there's some simple things they ask. Go, oh no, my snake's not eating. I'm like, is it a boy? Yeah. 
He'll eat in about three months. Yeah. He's yep. He's just waiting to do something just else. Wait him out. Wait like, him out. He'll be there. Yeah. And you know, and people talk about the rack system. Like these things live underground. The, the rack is great for sand boas. They're happy. They like, like the rack. Do Absolutely. I think it's great for super? Like do I do I think these, that like retics do well in a rack? They're a very active snake. They can survive in a rack and not be inhumane. But they're definitely a more active snake than a sambo or a ball python. Right. Who are definitely sit and wait kind of animals, and they like it in the dark. Like in certain situations, you just gotta think it out. Like my rubber boas do great in a rack. That's that's how they I live. Think ball pythons are pet rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I call them slugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I still love them because of the genetics. I do love. Yes. I do like my ball pythons. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not crapping yeah. on them or anything. But I'm definitely leaning more into the bigger snakes. I really okay. enjoy okay. boas. I have eight doomrolls boas. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. I have two point six, <laughs> and only two of them are not breed size. So let me females. tell you a funny doomrolls story. Yes. So I was at a Repticon Atlanta show. This has probably been 15 years ago. I won't do any name calling because this name would be familiar. But young man and a young lady, they were manning like six or eight tables for somebody else. And so they're starting to draw this crowd around the table. And I, I can't see because they're right across the aisle from me. And so anyway, finally a lady comes out of the crowd, horror stricken. She said, can you come help this man? I said, what do you mean help him? She said, well, this snake's trying to eat him. Oh God. I said, there's not. I, and, and I had seen all day long, they had this 10 foot Dumrils boa Jeez. around his neck. Kids were playing with it, blah, 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 blah. And so somebody pulled his tail or something, bit the kid on the face. Oh, my God. So oh. I get over there. Literally, half of the kid's face is covered up. I mean, Dumrils has a big head, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, I mean, and then he's got the snake like this, pulling it, trying to get it off of his <gasps> face. And, of course, he's just got a waterfall of blood oh, yeah. everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, and head so, injuries bleed 10 times worse oh, than yes. everything else. I said, stop, stop, stop. And, of course, if, it, if that snake was doing that to me, I probably wouldn't stop either. I mean, you just reflex, yeah. you know? So I get my wallet out. I get a credit card out, slip it in the mouth. I had the snake off in 10 seconds, oh, yeah. literally. And they're watching me. And um, so in a crowd like that, a Doomrail's bow is not always appropriate to have a bunch of kids, you know, yeah. jerking it around and yes. creating chaos and stuff. So I had, I had laid my, I got my wallet out, laid it on the table right there, got my credit card out and um, get the snake off, do a little first aid put my credit card, put my wallet back in. An hour later, the young lady that was with him comes to my table. This is Repticon Atlanta. And she says, here, I, I got one of your credit cards out of your wallet. I thought you might want it back. I said, you did what? She said, I thought you needed some help. And I forgot that I got the credit. So I have to call my credit card. Can anybody spending my money? <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. So. But anyway, you see stuff like that yeah. everywhere you go. I'd, well, Robert was talking about being at a show and there was a guy who showed up with a suitcase a on on wheels popped it open and took out an anaconda oh gosh yep and was letting people putting on uh, this yellow anaconda uh yes oh, and right. he also Which, had a a, a, boa a boa in there too so the, in yeah, a suitcase packed in, in a suitcase in a suitcase and he was letting people put this yellow <laughs> anaconda on. i'm like that's gonna get someone bit and then of course it got someone someone bit course. it got like two of or course. three people that day oh, and he dropped the boa trying to get the anaconda off of somebody like the boa went i mean this guy's probably about six foot it hit the floor and i was like <gasps> so i went and picked that boa up and i'm like checking the boa making sure it's okay and i would just all day long i was like oh my god please take that snake home it was but, horrible but you see that stuff and it's like you yourself know that that's not a good idea and you would not like to think idea. that other people are smart enough yeah. but then you realize 
Nope, they're not. They're no, they're not. Something. They're clearly not. <laughs> and, and something really to think about is 15 years ago, yeah. there weren't cell phones everywhere. No. Yeah. no. It wouldn't exactly. have ended up all over social media and yes. looked horrible for mm-hmm. our hobby. Right. Whereas exactly. now, yeah. well, I yes, mean. That, that guy's at a reptile show, so he must be the expert. And he was using expert. those snakes right. for pictures, right. too. Yeah. Like, right. he brought an anaconda for pictures. That's a horrible. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's oh a horrible. Oh. Yeah. I'm like. I won't even touch one of those. Come on. <laughs> that guy's lucky to still be alive. Yeah. If he makes decisions like that. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, I imagine what the rest of the decisions Right, are. right, right. Uh, but I hope he doesn't have children. <laughs> Raising you know, stupid children. No, 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 those people always you know, reproduce. Like, right, right. My they do. world yeah. boas, uh, they're handleable. You know, you can squish on their face and stuff like that, and they don't react. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. going to hand it to some random person. Right, and, right. And I will say for ball pythons, they are good for that kind of stuff. For yeah. Being able to, yeah. Yeah. Um, my one, I say one wrong. One of my biggest problems is that when people come and there's 70 tables of ball pythons, everyone assumes that's the best pet snake for them. Right. And sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not the best. We, we all know there's some issues with ball pythons about not eating here or there. Or that, and they've gotten better over time. I mean, obviously, when you got into it, uh, they were disposable because right. it's so many would come over and they... They just don't eat and they die. And we had to pick the ticks off of them first. Yeah, and then force people to can dog food, right. try and get them to. So there was a whole bunch of things people did. Um, but I, I worry that some people don't find the right snake or right reptile for them because they go to the one that is the most common in the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. which may not be the best one for them. Not, yeah. a, not a good choice for everybody. And, and and I wish more people would take the time to learn about the rest of it because, again, so many things mm-hmm. that the shows, and I love the shows, but some people come in and buy impulse buys, right. which I think is on the seller, really. The seller needs to be able to... They need to vet them a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot. <laughs> a, 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 a lot. A lot, <laughs> yeah. Especially depending on what you're selling. You know, if you're selling retics, they may not be the best first net snake for somebody who has no idea what that retic was until they got to your table. You know, 15 minutes of educating somebody on an animal isn't enough for them to go ahead and take the animal home today. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the last Slidell show that I was vending at. This 16-year-old kid with his mom and daddy walks up, and he's got a deli cup with red tape around it. Thinking, okay. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, right. Say, what do you got there? He said, oh, I just bought this rattlesnake. I said, that's a Western Diamondback. He said, oh, I know. I said, why do you have that? He said, well, I'm a free handler. I said, okay, got it. Now, I hope this doesn't mean what I think it means. So he gets his phone out, shows me pictures of him doing this, you know, snake in hand, rattlesnake in hand, looking at it. I said, you know, I said, mom and dad, listen to me, because your son's going to die from a rattlesnake bite or whatever else he's got at home. Mm -hmm. So I asked the kid, I just looked him straight in the eye. I said, I hope you're right with Jesus, because you're going to die soon. He said, what do you mean I'm going to die? I've been trained by so-and-so and so-and-so. I said, doesn't matter. They didn't do a good job training you. If you're doing this kind of stuff and you think it's okay, you think it's smart, oh my God. I said, see, that's, I'm sorry. See, I've threatened my child within an inch of his life if he messes with that's Absolutely. That's a kid, Absolutely. That, that's a kid that has been that. raised up on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And seen yeah. these handful of guys who we know who they are that free handle and go, well, they're the experts. I'm like, that doesn't know. That does not make them nope. the expert. Like that they just have a lot of followers. It yeah. makes them experts <laughs> stupid. Well, yeah. one of them just got bit in the wild, and the other one also has gotten bitten by his captive cobra. So I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. it's like Logan wants venomous someday, and I, I'm told him I'm perfectly fine with that. But until he turns 16 and has a driver's license and can get him or I to the hospital, if right. something happens, right, right, and we like take some classes and spend lots of time. I'm talking like a year or two with people who are well, reputable. 
I look. I've taken. I've taken yeah. care of venomous snakes, and there's no reason to put hands on a venomous snake unless you have to do medical stuff to it. Exactly. There's really not. And that's, really, that's that's my only big time I've ever had to lay hands on one was a Gaboon Viper. We had to give injections to. Right. Yeah. Everything else was hooks and right. shifts. And you were never alone in that situation either. There were yeah. always exactly. at least three or four of you in the room. And if it would not be for his background at the zoo, I would not be comfortable with him ever having venomous. But right. because yeah. I know what his background is, and yeah. I know how he was trained and taught and how he has handled himself in other situations. Yeah. Our daughter was like, can you just wait till I go to college? And so like, I'm like, all right, you got to, she has asked not for them not to be in the house while she's here. Yeah. Right. So like, right. we're going to respect that. But that's yeah. also another, uh, another switch in the hobby. So when you got into the hobby, people didn't get into the hobby. So I don't think for the shock value. No. Right, yeah. they got into yeah. it for the passion of the animals. There's so many people that get into this hobby for certain animals yeah. because mm-hmm. of the shock value. Yeah. yeah, I can't stand when people are like, when they have like fake snakes and they want to do like jump scares. At I people. never scare anybody it with snakes. Drives no. me bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, don't do that with animals. I don't like it when people do it with fake spiders, fake cockroaches. Yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> on the fence about like, you know, whatever. But like the snakes and like the the scorpions and the spiders, well, I'm like, don't. People already have such a fear of those. I'll bring snakes to school for for certain lessons I teach. Right. And you know, some teacher will go, "Hey, take this to so and so's classroom and scare them." No, no. that no. defeats the purpose no. of what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. I, like, I never want to scare someone people. with a snake. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. Anyways, let's let's let Tom get back to us. Hey, we've had you for okay. way longer than I thought. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, really quick though, so you said you're a vet. Did you go to Auburn? Yes, of course. <laughs> is, there, is there any other place to go? You could have gone to Tuskegee and got you a minority scholarship. <laughs> All right, you want to hear a story? Yes. <laughs> so, just take it for face value, whatever it means. This really happened. So, um, the average accepting person to go to vet school when I got in um, applied two and a half times. So, that's a lead in for me to say I did not get it on my first application. So my next application, I applied Auburn and Tuskegee because I was an Alabama resident. Yeah. You know, Tuskegee's a great vet school. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Good vet school. So uh, I asked for an interview with the dean of the vet school. He said, yeah, come on over. Come on over. And so I go in. We we have an interview. We have a chat. And Lasted, this was, this was a, a while ago. This was a while ago. This <laughs> was in 1974. I was about to say, I'm, if I'm doing my math right, it's in the early 70s. Yep, 74. And it had to be odd for you walking onto campus. Yes, it was awkward. <laughs> you stuck out. It was awkward. For anyone that doesn't know, Tuskegee was, is a uh, historically black university. Yes, yes. I was an unusual person to behold. <laughs> so anyway, so I go in and sit across the table from the dean. And he said, Mr. Harmon, he said, let's just stop right. He said, I'm going to save you some time. Um, he said, you are far underqualified for our average student here at the great University of Tuskegee. He said, so let's just stop right here and don't waste my time. I'm not going to waste yours. I said, okay. Wow. So guess what was in my mailbox two weeks later? <laughs> my acceptance letter from the great University of Auburn, <laughs> you, you know, vet school. So, you know, I think there was more going on there than me yeah. not having good grades. Because I had great grades, you know, had good experience and all that, yeah. you know. Where'd you go to undergrad? Uh, you know, I went to two different colleges. Actually, three. Um, went to a school in Nashville, a David Lipscomb, a church school for my first two years. Then I transferred to Auburn, got my chemistry degree. And then I didn't get in that year. And so my wife and I went to night school at AUM, Auburn yeah. University of Montgomery, for the next year. And then I got in vet school. So I was in college over nine years wow. to graduate, right? 
uh, so well, I grew up in Mississippi up till ninth grade, and then moved to Alabama. And so for most of my life, I wanted to be a vet. And so I would yeah. go to the open okay. house at Mississippi State every year. I loved that. And then I got into high school, and I was like, I don't like dogs and cats enough to oh, be a no. vet. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I can't. I, I like reptiles, and that's, you know, Steve Irwin area. And I was like, so I was like, I want to be a zookeeper. And that's how I ended up getting a biology Perfect. degree and being Perfect. a zookeeper for yeah, a few yeah, years. Yeah. Well, uh, now, when I went to vet school, there were only 11 vet schools in North America. There were two in Canada. Oh, we had nine you know, stateside. And so there were no University of Florida, no University of Tennessee, no Mississippi State, no A&M, no all these other things. Um, yeah. And so we had Kentucky, we had Tennessee, we had Mississippi, we had Florida people in my class. And uh, so anyway, it was a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, what's going on? Oh. Uh, People watching. <laughs> anyway. Well, I know at one point Alabama was the only state to have two vet schools. Yeah. Because yeah. of Auburn and because Tuskegee. Of Auburn and Tuskegee. Yeah, Auburn and Tuskegee. Yeah. So, anyway, hey, those are days have gone by. Cool. <laughs> uh, thanks for being on. It's been awesome. And You're welcome. And we'll, we'll have you on because we'll have to talk like snakes at some, more snakes at some point. All right. But uh, we'll let you get back to the show. We'll be back uh, later with, I think we're going to have Max on later. He's got lots to talk about. He just got back from his trip. Yeah, he didn't get eaten by a Komodo dragon. And no, he had an eventful morning. So. I, was, I was hoping he got eaten by a Komodo dragon and it didn't happen. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank <laughs> you all for having me. Tom, thanks for coming on. Thanks, yes, sir. Tom. All right. We'll be back later. Have a good day. You too. We are back at Herb's Conroe. Well, I'm here for That's the first true. time. That's true. Robert is here. I. You may listen to the first interview we our, had, Rachel. Our, our first uh, guest didn't want anything to do with me. He wanted my wife here. So Our first guest is awesome, so our new guest is going to have big shoes to fill, because I enjoyed our first. Tom Harbin was the first. Tom Harbin was the first. Oh, yeah, those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, our, our guest now is our friend. Friend? Acquaintance. That's he a strong has, word. He has tolerated our child all weekend. He's our he Ricky gets Gervais. that title. <laughs> this is Max Hicks from Max Wildlife Photographer on the YouTube it's a good time. YouTube's a good place. On on the YouTubes. Go check them out on the YouTube. It's our world traveling friend, Max. It is. Yeah. He still refuses to get eaten by a fucking animal. I mean, Zimbabwe, where Corey and I are going, there's a, there's a man-eating lion. And when are you guys yeah. going there? November. Oh. But, Man. Everybody yeah. we know is just like, hey, I'm going to go on this trip. Now I'm going to go on seven more. It's exhausting because I know, like, not only do I have to put in the effort to go onto the trip, I know after that trip i got to c- come onto this podcast and tell us why you didn't get eaten by a lion. Exactly. Asshole. So, well, uh, so I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that... Well, oh. No, you missed it. Um, I think a lot of it has I to do with the fact that, like... you jumped out of your fucking skin. Yeah, you did. I well, went to touch his me. arm, and he lifted he his arm, me, so I touched him underneath. under the arm. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's very ticklish. Well, yeah, it's, it's not only my ticklish. It was very alarming, because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> so, Anyways, I'm good now. I feel like a lot of people had trips lined up, and then they got canceled because of COVID. So now it's like, okay, we are... Just bam, 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 bam. Now we're getting to take all of our trips again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not to get depressing immediately, but I, I was supposed to go to England and see my grandparents. But it was a two-week minimum quarantine period, and they both passed away during the you know, UK's rules for COVID. Oh, and geez. so I, w- I wasn't able to go and see them one last time. And so I, I was ready. You know, I, I had a ticket to New York booked. I was going to go hang out with Chris Eaton. That... That's definitely getting picked up. Yeah. So, oh, no, every, every time Sean gets on the microphone, people can hear just out screaming. So in the uh, in the auction, our, we have a pair of Reptile Gumbo podcast shoes that are in the auction. What sixty dollars? What size? Tens. Ten and a halfs. Eight and a half. Not eight, big enough for eight your and a half. Eight and a half for men. 
Ten and a half in women's. That's what it is. Whatever size because they are, she not needs big an enough 11. for kids. Not big enough for my so she kids. She needs either giant a nine feet. in men or an eleven in women. Um, yeah, I mean, because like you know, Corey did an international trip and then has done a couple more since then. Mm-hmm. Blake Wilson did an international trip and has done like twenty since then. Blake is hosting them now. I think Blake, he's in yeah, Peru right Blake now. Blake is running from the the law. I don't think so. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> he's just trying to figure out where he's going to go. When he's he just trying to get more botflies. That's yeah. all. His- yeah, he's in Peru right now. I think. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Peru, from what I've heard, is very fair, favorable to bearded men. And so, apparently they want to trap you there. What about bearded women like yourself? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> well, and then, um, I don't know if you know Reed McClure, Robert Reed McClure. I don't think so. He's been in, like, Thailand for, like, since, like, June. Yeah. I can't, James. I can't sit like this because the table's digging what, in my we'll, look, we'll do it this way, and then what you go to the head? over here. Is oh, that better? Oh, that's so much better. Oh, yeah. yeah, that way you get the bass for your voice? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, no. In fact, on this last trip, I got oh, four invites to other places. Nepal, Thailand. The problem is those places all cost money to go to. Right. I don't have that. Well, do Max a sponsored. Like, you should be doing a sponsor read right now to help pay for that. Yeah, but we have cheap sponsors like this rack like herbs. Uh, <laughs> like this rack guy. Yeah. <laughs> What, uh, but you're also a teacher. What is the so story about you getting guns pulled on you and shit? Okay, so that that um, that was my jungle cat story because that was the coolest thing we found. So we were going from Jakarta to Bogor, and it is two hours up the mountain. Well, we get to right before right before the lodge, like probably five minutes left in this drive, and we get stopped. Well, we were there for Independence Day in Indonesia. And so the guards... So this is all on your recent, most recent trip to Komodo, right? Uh, so this was before Komodo. So uh, when I went to Indonesia, it was Jakarta, Bogor, and then back to Jakarta, then Bali, then Flores, and you sail around Komodo National Park. So Rincha Island, Komodo Island. Um, yeah. So all, all the That's different awesome. islands there. Flores, cool. Flores was home to a uh, species of hominid that was short, humans, was human-like relatives. Oh well, next time I'm there, I'm gonna go look for bones. They were they were uh, they were short. It's uh, I think it's I think it's Homo florensia, something like that. Homo shortest. Oh. Oh. Homo, Homo gonzoist. Homo Lewis. <laughs> it's for gonzoist before. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I um, uh, so we we get to the top there, and our drivers have to get out. And essentially, sometimes when you're in certain countries, you pay a bribe or you have to negotiate with guards, police, different things like that not a super uncommon thing. Oh sure. my god. <laughs> and this guard wanted to just kind of play gangster and he pulls out this Glock and here we have the four rules of firearm safety. He broke all of them, you know, so he has his finger in the trigger well, flags us all and we were like, what the hell's going on? Long story short, we have to turn our cars around, go all the way down and go back up to, to, to the same lodge but we have to go up the other side of the mountain, which turns out was a jungle trail. And these jungle paths, it's you're faster walking. What was the reason? He just didn't want you on his road? He said the military was going to be pretty frequent through there, that they're going to be doing some sort of training, or they were just going to be present there for Independence Day. And so they didn't want, you know... You're uh, like, we have five minutes left, man. Right, exactly. So, you know, we were boules, which is what they call white people there. You know, it's just get the boules out of here. You know, they saw us. It's just they didn't want us around. 
and fucking so, whitey. Yeah. Well, you know, it, what, we had the term of endearment in, when I was in Guinea. You know, they were like, you know, fote, fote. And, you know, like, they got all excited. It, the kids like, treated us like an ice cream truck to wave at. Because you brought candy and stuff and hand out no, candy. No. What a do. Yeah, well, honestly, that's um, something I'm going to start doing more is, you know, that way I can relate to the locals. And, you know, because kids always want pictures. Pic- kids love seeing pictures of themselves in, in, in uh, different areas. And so that's one of the things I really like doing. But also candy. Uh, that's Start bringing a Polaroid camera and give them pictures. Right. Well, I, I need a sponsor for that. Yeah. I will do you most ideas. You actually have a girl at your table right now who's watching it for you that has one of those little, like, Polaroid camera things that she never uses. So I will trade her a Nikon flash for that Polaroid camera. So. because. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, uh, so I've got. Speaking of hobbits, look, it's the Homo Floriensis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we, um, yeah, this jungle path, you know, you're, the car is bottoming out. You know, I'm the smallest guy there. You know, so the car is bottoming out. The uh, and it's faster walking, and our rear car nearly rolls off the mountain. But we had turned this path, and so we didn't notice. So we're going. Eventually, we all get out. And, and and then we're just walking, kind of herping as as we go, because you know make most of the time. And we get hit. We three of us get me, Daniel, and uh, Anga, our uh, guide, gets hit by an Asiatic skunk, which smells oh. so much worse than American skunks. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so much worse. You don't know. And <laughs> what, no, 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 no. Weren't there? Was that not what we saw at the zoo that day? Not in a million years. Where? What did we see? No, I'm thinking of Maine wolves. Never mind. Maine. What? Close. Well, Close. But the yeah. smells, like the smells. I mean, they both have fur. <laughs> I'm thinking of the smells it's, that come from the animals. But they're they're not, mammals. But that's not worse than a skunk. I think maid wolf. Is no, they're worse not. Than a I skunk. love maid wolf. Well, Anga was throwing up. He was like he was puking. It was it, it was a whole oh. thing. Um, and then you just bathe them in tomato juice. Oh uh, well, I, we didn't have tomato juice. Then I'm, yeah, strap it to the top of the car. On the way they're back. probably lucky to get to bathe on this. Oh trip. I, uh, no, it, uh, I mean I bathed in the river and got leeches on me. That was fun. Um, Where'd you get leeches on you? Uh, well, I'll show you the waterfall picture. <laughs> this is one picture I won't be posting. Three days in, it's like five, uh, five of the six guys were all like, let's post, uh, let, let, if you know Blake Wilson's yes. uh, yeah. shot, we recreated that by the waterfall. But And then we all face forward with a giant leaf on our front side. And so, you know, three days into meeting a bunch of dudes. And, and also, homosexuality is illegal in Indonesia. You'll get whipped for it. So our guide walks off <laughs> he's like i'm not gonna be here. <laughs> you know it's like you would you would like you know guys making guy jokes so it's like haha we're gonna sleep in the same bed today you know like making jokes like that like they're like stop making those jokes <laughs> jeez wow so it, it made, it's worse than the south that's crazy yeah so it's uh you know there, there's certain rules um in indonesia like when you're flying on a plane between these between these islands they're like, by the way, just to remind you that that trafficking drugs is illegal and punishable by death. And you're like, can I enjoy my flight? So right. what if you enjoy having drugs put in your ass to traffic them? Does that count both times? Is that is uh, that gay and drug trafficking? Well, only if they use their penis to insert if a it. Guy, if a guy put it in there for you. Right. Man, it's a, do two negatives make a positive and you get out of jail if that's how I got there? Now, if he smells his finger You'll be after. positive for something. Yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. so we, uh, we get hit by the skunk, uh, and, then four, and then they finally catch up to us. They had to run to catch us, and they say, we all had to hop out of the car. We nearly rolled down the mountain, and, like, one of the tires go off. We, we get back, and it's like it's a 45-minute walk. 
And this is leopard habitat, so it's like, hope the leopard's not hungry. Well, one of y'all, three of y'all smell like shit, so y'all are fine. No, I, I, shit smelled better. Stand, stand next to the skunk people, like, leopards aren't going to eat us Yikes. now. Yeah, but, well, I mean, if you... Uh, Who needs a hug? If you've seen some of the toilets there, you know, you get a bucket and you get a scoop. And it's not so you can, like, throw water on your backside. It's so you pour it down your backside and you wipe with your left hand. And then you wipe your... That's why yeah. in Muslim cultures, yeah, you, you do not shake hands with left hand. Right. And it's just a ton. But then you also get amazing toilets with really cool bidets. And it's, you know, you, uh, you almost get a remote for your toilet. That's the only way Robert will travel the world is if there's really cool bidets. Yeah. Go to Japan. Like, oh, I know. You, you get heated seats. You get... Brazil's the same way. Yeah. So it's Brazil and Argentina. Every house has a bidet. Robert's planning his vacation by places with bidets. Yeah. And in the comment section below, I'll drop my cool. Amazon affiliate link to a hot and cool bidet. <laughs> Shameless plug. I have a portable one that goes everywhere with me. Yeah, that is That's true. hilarious. Oh, I, I'm, the, I'm the wet wipes guy on trips. And you're the unsung hero because when you're out in the wilderness, inevitably somebody, you know, because when you travel, food, sometimes mm-hmm. just, you know, you're on soft serve status. And uh, so um, they, they need yeah. wet wipes. So, uh, anyways, on your walk, you ended up seeing. So, uh, so actually, before the car bottom out is when we saw this jungle cat, and we saw it, it was really low light. So it's I did mainly filming, but I got a couple photos just to log the species. But with the denoise with topaz, it uh, it's like cheating. You know, I I underexposed by two stops. It was already at ISO 8000 if you know camera stuff, uh, because I didn't want to overexpose the eyes, and I still was able to bring it back. And you know, get a decent shot of this yeah. cat, which is not a super common sighting. You know, it's a it's a pretty. And it's like just a little bigger than a house cat. Yeah. Um. So it's uh it's related to the Serval uh, leopard cat, yeah. and so it's uh I hope I said that right, but uh but yeah, it's um Serval. Uh, yeah, it's a subspecies. Gotcha. And so um, and then of course uh, we got glimpses of civets when we were there, which if you know Kopi Luwak, the world's most it's fucking gross. Yeah, well, it, uh, they had farms for this stuff, but fucking we gross. saw civet shit everywhere. We saw yeah, a couple civets, know, and you can buy super expensive coffee made from beans that pass through a civet's shithole, and then it was dug out of their shit and then and cooked a, for you. It allegedly takes out the bitterness. I didn't try it, you know. I I I might have tr- I've, I might have eaten cat heart, but I didn't eat cat shit. So. Yeah. I saw that post. Yeah. I love heart, so I would have eaten it. Oh, it's super gelatinous. And I, I hate know. cats. You know. No, I like cats. I don't like wild cats. I don't like, wild cats. I don't like feral cats. Yeah. So. Eat away. Well, we made jokes because, you know, it's you travel to one area, you see a bunch of stray dogs. You travel to another area, you see a bunch of stray cats. You're like, yeah. oh, so they don't eat this one here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's joking, kind <clears throat> but of. But not. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, there's a root in, in, in fact there. Right, yeah. So those hearts were whole. Yeah, no, and they, yeah. and so over there, when they say beef, they just mean not fish and not bird. So it could have been rat, it could have been chihuahua, I, I, but I mean the size of it. Um, since this is an audio podcast, it's about the size of my pinky. Was it? And Max, how big Max is a small was. guy, so it's a, it's a girly pinky. No, it's a, I'm a guitar player, so it's got some length to it. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I was I was setting you up there. I was waiting for it. So moving on. On this trip, you went to like. Every Harper's, not every, it should be every Harper's like dream to go to. You went to Komodo. Honestly, yeah. And I and I can't talk enough great about Daniel from Jungle Diaries about how how amazing he set up this trip. So uh, uh, Aji's our guide <clears throat> for Komodo. 
you go past the touristy people. There's a couple places we went. It was like an, it was like an enhanced zoo experience, really, because you're on this bridge and then you're around them, but you have people walking in your shots, so you get legs. And, and I was complaining the whole time about people. I um, tourists, I was getting really mad. I just, it's like fucking people are ruining nature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm there for the experience, and you know, I want, I'm not uh, those people. I'm this person. The other people need to go. Right. So yeah, we had a group of six, but we also had permits. If you if you go with Daniel. You, You'll have permits to go to Komodo Island in the middle of the night and be the only ones there other than the locals. That doesn't sound safe. You you walk past sleeping Komodo dragons to go photo in Solaris. And the blue pit viper, for those who don't know. And it is I just, I've amazing. seen videos of, of Komodo, and all of the uh, wildlife, like all of the uh, rangers there are just carrying big sticks with a Y on the end of it. Yeah, and I'm, that's all you need. And these rangers, I mean... I, that's I, not all I need. Because <laughs> those are big fucking lizards. <laughs> right. But you, you just need to be able to move fast. You were in football, right? No. Oh, well. James Roll was Tide. In, he, he was in band. band. <laughs> he was in band. March fast. Yeah. Like, At least 144 beats per minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I talked to you yesterday, but how big are they in person when you see a full-grown male Komodo dragon? I mean, it... it is it like frightening big? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's they like a de- small cow. They demand respect, and it's like you know it, and it's, but it's uh, surreal is not the right word, but it's uh, you know, y- you have a sense of like, it's it's pretty it's a pretty primal feeling, and it's yeah. really cool. So once you get away from the people and you're at the watering hole, and it's just y'all and the dragons, you know, you you get if you scrape your stick or you scrape your tongs and you know the dragons get real mad and they you know real curious and they start you know kind of rushing you like pseudo charging you and yeah it's you respect them otherwise you know you'll get you'll get torn up and that's a five-hour boat ride and then a plane ride to get to bali and it hurts the whole time a couple years ago a five-year-old one of the locals had their arm torn off by a komodo dragon but one of the good things is they have a really good health practice set up um, it's gonna suck, but the last, uh, but the last death was 1987. Yeah. And it was this Swiss guy, really arrogant, wasn't listening to them at all, wandered off on his own, and all they found was his camera and his glasses. Nice. And so it's like the Komodos probably did most of it, and then the crabs probably took care of the rest. It's it's surprising that more people don't get eaten because like, you know, there's always those videos on YouTube of someone who goes up to an elk or a moose or a bison or like black bears in the wild. And oh, like just follow the Torons of Yellowstone page on Instagram oh, every day, and they just like walk up to nature to take a picture, and then it attacks them, and they're like amazed. At, like the woman that got out of her car to argue with her husband, and then gets like attacked by, by the tiger. Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever. What seen. gets me so, is the amount of people that will go walk barefoot into like the Great Prismatic at Yellowstone and it's like you realize that's acidic like 200 degree water right yeah oh but it's so pretty I'm gonna go walk in it alright well you're gonna leave your feet there you're going to boil your feet good job so I just I can't imagine how you know when we see Komodos and zoos around here they don't tend to be massive as far as like what I think of massive for the general public like a big green iguana is massive but I just imagine there you're seeing huge giant barrel chested like 14 foot long. Well, especially when you get past the beach and you get further in because then they become a little bit and we and we didn't get as far as we should have. We still kind of stuck to the touristy areas this time um, during the day. And um, but the further in you get, the less accustomed to humans they are, the more they rush the pigs, the, they rush the deer, they rush uh, the, the water buffalo there. 
And so, I mean, we saw him run. We saw deer booking it because of the Komodo dragon. So it's like they're always ready. And it's like, it, it, it's like, if, imagine a rattlesnake. It's just, it's a lizard. It's just ready to spring at any moment. Because the, they try and kind of sneak up on you and then they'll charge you. And that's what's weird is like they'll move slow and give you a false sense of confidence. And then you just know at any point if it wanted to. Uh, but the ones on the beach, they know that they're going to get that stick in its shoulder or whatever. Um, I had some really cool techniques to get some wide angle shots. Uh, I won't, I probably won't share those on my videos cause I don't want somebody to copy it. If you know what you're doing, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. If not, then, you know, I don't want you screwing up the technique. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it, the experience, the way to do it is through a G's through Daniel. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I can't talk about enough about how amazing and how personal that experience became. I mean, there were some, like, weird downsides to it, which aren't downsides. It's just things that you have to, like, bees don't fly in the dark. But bees, when they see your light, will fly from the dark and come and pelt you in the chest. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so you have to turn off your headlight. You have to turn off your flashlight, walk in the dark where there's Russell's Vipers, Cobras, Insulares, Komodo Dragons, away from the stupid bee to be able to turn your light back on. Just, just waiting to like it's like one of those things like Jurassic Park, and then you turn the light on, and then there's a dragon right there in front of your face. Right, clever girl. <laughs> well, so actually, the the females don't do the initial bite. The males do the initial bite, and then after the animal starts getting close to dying, the females come. They have longer claws. It looks like Cardi B claws, and um, and then they'll start on the start tearing up that animal. But as soon as blood starts flying, the males come back and they push the females out. But the locals, when they know an animal's about to die, they'll go, like, with a scent, and they'll go round up all the females to get them in so that animal dies quicker to be a little more humane. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your five-minute warning. There, there Man, Sean, people are trying to do a job here. Sunday afternoon, they always talk so... Oh, sorry, I clipped it. Sunday afternoon, they always talk for so long. They ramble a little bit. Yes. It's like they're bored. There you go. We got it. All right. Oh, wait, hold on. He's going to do it again? <laughs> No, we're good. We're good. Um, did you see a lot of the little? Because I know with Komodo dragons, the little ones go up in trees. Did you see a lot of the little ones up in trees? Uh, so the time of year we were at, uh, there were no little ones that I saw. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So the their mating season is between June and August, some, or June and September, some, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And they hatch out in April. And so just or or they're. Yeah, they're late a couple months. Yeah, in that couple months, and they, they they hatch out in April. So yeah, I didn't see a lot of them. I did see a lot of owls. You know, like as far as the frequency of species, Indonesia is the hottest place I've ever been. Really. And a lot of that is just no, like knowing the right people and like knowing where to go because you're walking and you're like reticulated. There's a retic. Oh, there's two insulares right there. Oh, there's a slug eater right there. You know, and. Like Bali, we were walking through the trashiest river. I'm glad I had my polio vaccine because it was just tons of trash, and you're stepping over it, through it. You smell like it. Uh, we went to a McDonald's smelling straight up, straight up like trash. Really? But Bali had the nicest shower. I'll, sh I'll, I'll show you a photo. Whoa, I'm, we're good. I don't need to see the shower. Well, not me in the shower. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, the nicest shower. It was, it was really nice. So, what was uh, the coolest thing you saw over there? Ooh. Besides the color dragons, because I'm just. Giant Komodo Dragon. Be the oh yeah, thing. yeah. Um, let's, that depends. I mean, th there's a lot of cool food, um, but if we're talking about Animal. animals, so animal-wise, I mean, in, the blue and Solaris has been on my list yeah. know, since I got my one from Rick Tozer. 
and I so found the one that had just eaten me and Ajiz start giving it water because it's the dry season get a good photo of it yawning um, and then of course of course they always thank the animal you spend time photographing the animal or looking at the animal uh, talking about it then they all when they they they'll get the rangers give it water and then they let it on their way and they always say thank you which is uh and so they're always like thank you so much russell's viper for letting us spend time with you and they're letting it go in a cave and that's cool um, so you saw russell's vipers yes which was a good wake-up call for me because i was uh, this was before i saw the blue in Solaris. i was so deadlocked on the trees that somebody else find the russell's and i was like i need to look on the ground too because well, they because they uh to kill the most people in like India, I think. The the rice fields, yeah. So it's it's pretty intense. And but they uh, are so pretty. That video where they're sloshing the blood around and it turns into like that patty. Yeah. That's Russell's viper venom. They yeah. kind of remind me of a rainbow boa. There's a dull though. Yeah. There's yeah. a rattlesnake at uh, the Houston Zoo. I can't remember what kind it is, but it has that that bronze color of a Russell's Viper and the circle pattern down its back just like a Russell's Viper? I think... Like a Panamint? It, no, I, I I think it's a uh, Cerberus. Just a really ugly one. Really browned out, not good Maybe. looking Cerb. It looks like a really good Russell's Viper though. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw so, it and I was like, that's a Russell's. And I look at the head and the tail like, wait a minute, that's not a Russell's Viper. Because uh, to me, they're just... If you found one that has those, that perfect circle pattern down their back, they are so pretty. Right. Well, right next to where we found... Well, so too. we went back to this cave where there's flying foxes, which if you don't know what flying foxes are, you know, they're... Big-ass bats. Big-ass bats, super deep wing flapping. So we went to this cave where we found the Russell's Viper a couple of days later. And you know that famous photo of the reticulated python hunting bats? Yeah. Daniel called it. He was he, He's like, I know this behavior happens. I want to go back to this cave at this time, and I want to see it. Sure enough, exactly as he said, we're finding a Timor python hunting bats. Well, that's awesome. First time anybody's documented or, like, photoed or videoed it um, out in the wild. I like that. So it's it's something everyone kind of figured, but to see it was amazing. That's and awesome. so didn't didn't stick around, let it stick around up there long enough to like watch it catch a bat because we wanted to, you know, obviously photograph it. Yeah. Because Timor is they're hard to find. Like they're they're not an easy snake, and they're not actually on Timor, which is yeah. funny. <laughs> so we found ours on Rincha. That'd be cool. Well, it's it's also cool just to go and see things that are like pet trade animals. Just to see retics in the wild would be a neat thing to see. The retic, they're not like. I haven't found Florida retic, so maybe I shouldn't talk. But I I expected this one to be real bitey. This one was calmer than captive snakes I've seen of the same size. So it, it was. I'm assuming it, you know it was like three foot around, massive, had fat rolls because that's how we keep them here, right? Uh, that's uh, exactly uh, how they are in the wild. Eating frozen thought pigs. Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> making sure they're exactly that way in the wild. Yeah. No. <laughs> not at all. But like they're super athletic looking in the wild, aren't they? Like oh yeah. And I mean, like you know, and, and they're it. It was. It, I don't want to. Uh, uh, anthropomorphize the animal but i mean it was a pretty sweet snake you know but yeah. it was like kind of turned on um well, the most you, intelligent snake you obviously you, you turned it on what well you know um hemipenes all right whatever you did to the snake we don't need to hear about that on here <laughs> well one of my gold snakes that i didn't find this time that i want to find next time i go because there's definitely going to be a next time is a mock viper because i want to make a youtube short you know a 30 second video just talking about how this specific snake has three hemipenes Ooh, fancy. So Hank Green once was on an interview, and he said, for every snake, there's a snake penis, which, you know, because the males uh, account for half of the snakes approximately, and, sure. you know, they have two penises. And I, and I messaged him. I was like, actually, Hank Green, <laughs> I know you're in the battle of cancer right now, but I need to correct you on something. <laughs> yeah, you are wrong. There are more penises than there are snakes. That's funny. So, 
But uh, but yeah, so I want to find those uh, mock vipers just because they're also pretty cool animals. Um, dragon snakes. Found dragon snakes. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, and it was immediate. You know, we had some people going, uh, looking for uh, certain vipers. I, I don't want to talk too much about the area because there are yeah. people who will poach them for the pet trade. And Do they look as thin and... Because every picture I've ever seen one, they look very thin and like malnutrition. But I don't know if like that's just the body shape of them. They are thin. Yeah, snake. yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty thin snakes. And then the dorsals, um, they it kind of adds to that illusion. Yeah. Um, and then of course, when you're holding, uh, you don't hold them for too long because if you're holding them, you can overheat them just really? by holding them. They like it cold. And so, uh, uh, I'll, I'll circle back to that. But we we start going and we split up. They want to find one viper, and we go to find a dragon snake. Literally two minutes into hiking it uh, in this creek, we find one, and then our guide goes, "Hey, by the way, I found a bigger one." And <laughs> it's like we find three in this hike, you know, in the real quick. But um, but yeah, so also if you hold them, their way of playing dead isn't like a coach whip or a hog nose where they're like, Bleh. instead they just stiffen up, almost like rigor mortis. Oh really? Yeah. So they um, in, in the point of moving them you know like where you, you pick them up and you put them on the moss to photo like that they get real rigid and and they're very easy snakes to photograph because they stay still yeah you know that you kind of like you, you put them on the thing and uh to kind of replicate the in-situ but you know keeping it safer and on different things like that but um but yeah they're amazingly easy to photograph i was sitting there with my macro lens and i pro and for me, that was one of my main target snakes, that the NSLRs. And it's like when I hit one of my main targets, I would spend so much time with it. Yeah. But then that night we found five. So it's <laughs> you like spend okay. much time with all of them. Right. So I, I think I got a photo on my camera of three of them together. Um, um, but, but yeah, they were all in the same area. So it's, if we were really looking, we could have found more. But that's also why they get poached so easy is because I you guess. can just go up in a certain area and... Um, and that's another reason why, like, the habitat destruction there. You know, yeah. like, Java is under a lot of, you know, the island is sinking. Really? It sinks 23 centimeters a year. So they're moving the capital because. Really? Yeah. And flying into Jakarta, you know, it's like, imagine flying into Dallas, but it's like large buildings as far as you can see. Okay, so I interview, I'm going to interrupt the interview. Hey, Max, when is the uh, auction that you have end? Uh, 2.30. All right. So you've been to Alaska? Yes. You. We talked about. You went to. We went before when you went to Africa. Yes, Guinea. Guinea. Yes. So now you've been to Indonesia. Yes. And then you said your next one is like back to Africa, but you're going to Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe to get eaten by a lion. Gotcha. Right. I will see. I'll, I'll stick to the guy with the gun. You'll get a lot of views if you can get someone to upload it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, 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 I'm in the process of doing the uh, intern model of finding an editor, and that way I can get the rough the rough cut put together and I can come in and tweak it because I'll come back with 11 hours of footage 12 hours of footage you know easy oh yeah and just as a one man band do that so um, I mean that failed actor that got eaten by the grizzly bears everybody loved his show mm-hmm. right so I'm actually going to probably put up my Indonesia footage first because I want Escalipia Snakebite Foundation to get as much traction from those videos and that yeah. content I put out as possible so I'd like to get that steam ball rolling because Indonesia I'm going to break up into three chapters Chapter one, dragon snakes, Java, you know, just like yeah. that whole area. Chapter two, Bali and King Cobras. Because and Komodo gets its own. Yeah, Komodo National Park gets its own chapter. And, you know, when you're on, and it's these are going to be pretty long videos, but like really entertaining. Yeah. Because, you know, for example, Bali, it's like, oh, yeah, I went to a chocolate field or you know, a cacao tree field right next to a Hindu temple 
to find a King Cobra, like that's, a, I don't even have to do a good job with that video. That's just good content. And then you freehandled the King Cobra. Oh man, I, um, we, I made a joke, uh, not with the King Cobra, but with the spitting Cobra that we found, um, or spitting Cobras. I'm sitting there filming it and I go, look what the hook does. Keeps me safe. <laughs> Um, and, and of course, everyone was like, "Shut up, Max! Don't say that." You know, it's um, say it, Max. Make fun of everyone that doesn't use a hook you know. and free handles cobras. Yeah, no, I, 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 I needs Oh, and I, I kept on saying in a poor country. I, yeah, I kept on saying things like, you know, it's like like and subscribe. No, uh, <laughs> what well, we we were saying that we would do something like kind of dumb and say, "Oh, like and subscribe," but uh, but yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna be that YouTuber. I'm not gonna be that guy. You know, don't worry. There's already been one. Yeah. Well, again. I didn't want there to be and another. Again. And so, um, and so in my King Cobra photo, it's like, you know, it's like I have him wrapped around the tree and, and that way he can't like turn around on me. And it's like, that way I could sit there and talk and like focus on it. Um, because you know, just, it's not just cause you can, doesn't mean you should. And it's like, I could have gotten closer, you know, handle that and kind of thing. You but it's like, booped it on the snoot. Oh yeah. Well, should, should have done that to one of the Komodos. Big giant male Komodo. Just go boop it on the snoot. Well, uh, there, there was one I was tempted to. He was covered in ants after digging in some trash because, you know, humans are gross. Go cuddle up with it. Yeah, yeah. Just ride them. They're super friendly. Oh, uh, yeah. Well. I mean, they've got to be because they let tourists there, so obviously they're, they're, it's like a zoo. Yeah. And everyone, and everyone knows that all animals in a zoo are super calm and friendly. Yeah. When, and you should take them from the zoo and put them in a closet in a church in cold weather. <laughs> that, that is true. That's called a callback. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. We need to let you get back because my daughter is freaking out about people. That's where, that's where Katie disappeared too, by the way. She's not here anymore. So my daughter texts us like, they keep taking the snake out of the bag because Max is doing a, uh, a silent auction. And, yes. and there's a ball python in a bag. And they kept taking it out. I was making Joe nervous. So my wife went over there to, to slap people to in the face. To calm her down. Yeah. Well. Tell people to quit playing with stuff. Well, you know, I just, you know, trying to raise money for a good cause again, because uh, I, I can't, again, I can't wait for people to find uh, or to see a lot of the Africa content. Yes. And it's one of those things, it's it's my baby, because I want the story told in a proper way. And that, and just there's a there's a major reason why I like doing these silent auctions is because it's amazing how little can go so far there. And yeah. so it's like, I, if you give me an inch, I'll make a mile. Well, you know, it's like I'm trying to get myself, you know, a foot. Yeah. And so, um, and, and then make the most of that. And so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, of course, um, I'll, I'll do my little plug here. Cool. But uh, but my, the channel is Max Dash Wildlife Photographer on YouTube at Max Wildlife Photographer on Instagram um, and Facebook. Really easy to find me. I keep it consistent. And then if you want to get plugged into the Snake Bite Foundation specifically, snakebitefoundation.org, you can get all the social media links there for the Asclepius Snake Bite Foundation. Yes, go help them out. Get uh, there you go. Like shirts and stuff, right? Oh yeah, the merch is great. Yeah, the merch. Is um, I've got a couple uh, merch. Uh, the Cayman like a wrecking ball with the Cayman. I forgot about that. I got one. the speckled rattlesnake, spectacular, and those were all drawn by uh, Sean's girls. So that's right. I do remember that now. Yeah. So go check this out. Um, uh, I think we're probably done with interviews. I think. Okay. We, we may come back on. We may do a wrap up. Me, you, and Katie at the end of this okay. and talk about the weekend and all. But uh, thanks for coming on, Max. Oh yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. I'm getting. I think I'm getting good at it. Less ums and you know. Less ums. Yeah. Uh, you still haven't got eaten by. It. Some I might get eaten by it. your pug, Robert. I'll say Robert's pug is trying to kill Max. <laughs> hey, buddy. You go and video Logan bring bears and soon lions and komodo dragons, and you get killed by a pug. Well, I mean, was anybody expecting the stingray? No, that's true. Yeah, but See, make you famous. But I don't draw that parallel. Some people do. They're like, you're like Steve Irwin. I was like, I wish no. I could shine a light to that not man. Not even close. So. 
Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, well, y'all take it easy. Enjoy the rest of the show. We will. Thank you. Bye. All right, we're back to... To close it out, we, we only did two interviews this weekend, but they were really great interviews. <laughs> they were. I hate that I had to leave Darren Max's. Max's. I told him why. Yeah, it's. It was for him. Yeah. It was for him exactly, and that's what he said. He was like, "If you had to leave for any reason, this was a great reason to leave." I, uh, I definitely want to take Tom Harbin up on his offer to come to his place and see his stuff. <laughs> Saying, we go, we go to Troy. We can I'm, make that happen. We go to Troy. I, I, I want to go up to Tom Harbin's and, and see his bright red. Hog noses. We can make that happen. Um, but that was a good one. The, the weekend was overall good. Robert, you had a decent weekend. It was pretty decent. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind helping Robert load up today. Right. Because there's almost nothing left to load up. Nice. So all it actually big- feels really good outside too. Does it? Yeah, it's it does. Like, like came out of nowhere. It, feels it does. It's not ridiculously hot in the shade. There's a nice breeze. We actually propped the door open. That's a morning north, north, north breeze. Yeah, look at the flag out there. Yeah. That flag, that flag pole's due north of us, and that flag is pointing at us almost. So. Yeah, it's Sweet. a really, it's really pretty day outside. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I just did yeah. Chris Eaton's favorite thing. I did a visual reference that no one, <laughs> that no one can see. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So weird show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday was just so much fucking shit happened. Balls to the wall, crazy. <sighs> crazy man. Uh, we had someone accidentally stab themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing to, great. He's doing fine now. He had to get stitches to fix his hand. On the inside and the outside. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Whole knife straight through his hand. Yep. Into into the soft part between the thumb. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Uh, and then we had uh, Stupid Criminal of the Week. Criminals. Criminals. Yep. Apparently uh, there was five of them. Apparently they're going to be here soon returning things that were stolen. Oh, really? Oh, good. That's what I have recently heard. They, uh, yeah. So it was kids. Kids. 19, 20, 21-year-old kids stealing things off the tables. And, and one, one vendor caught a girl. Got his snakes back, and we tried to chase her out the door. He unfortunately slipped. She got away, and on her way out, she dropped another snake she had stolen from a different table, stepped on it. Snake's fine. Snake is fine. Um, and then the dummy left her phone here, so it was easy to figure out who it was. Well, and then she jumped in her car, and when she was leaving, she almost ran over one of the cops. Yeah. Look, she didn't get shot. Yeah. <clears throat> Just fucking stupid people. But the the cop she almost ran over, wife is also the other security officer here yeah and she caught picked up the girl's phone and was like oh look she has her mom saved as an uh, oh yeah, yeah in case of, so she called fun. the mom <laughs> fucking hilarious it got it got fun uh so just <clears throat> just uh, today has been a calmer day it's been nicer um we <laughs> that's true it ain't over yet <laughs> waiting for it to be over uh we did put up some reptile gumbo podcast shoes in the uh, silent auction uh, to benefit Tom, I think it was at I think it was sixty dollars. Sixty bucks out of there. Is that Kayla? That's Kayla. Jared Dole. Our, our buddy got Jared them. Dole got the shoes. Did he? He, he said did. they're going up on the shelf at his house. Nice. Um, but it all goes to help um, our buddy Tom. Who I don't know what episode it was. We've had him on, but it was a mm-hmm. a long time ago. Yeah. This is his last show, and you know, it's weird saying that because it's his last show because he's. Because it may be the last time we see him. Yeah, he's probably not going to live much longer. Yeah, unfortunately. I, mean, uh, has, he has can, he, I, I can say this because he's taking it so freaking well. Yeah, and I, he's very open about all yes. of this with everyone as well. <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah, it's going to be weird. I almost didn't recognize him this weekend. Oh, uh, he's lost so much weight. He, he can't eat, so um, everything's just liquid diet. It has been for several months. So, But, but this is all going to help him, and I, I hope the auction did well. Overall, I think it probably did. And then I know Rob, mm-hmm. we talked earlier, we had Max on. He had an auction for the Asclepius Snake Bite Foundation, um, which is also another great uh, foundation to give money to. If anyone wants to help out, go check out snakebitefoundation.org, I think. I think that so. That sounds right. That sounds right. If not, type it in. It'll probably still get you there. 
um, and help them out. We've had, we had Max on with Dr. Ben. I wasn't there that week. Dr. Ben. Uh, probably two months ago? Three months ago. And we talked about their trip to Africa and all that stuff. So go take a listen to that. We've had, a, we've had several people on for that. So we had uh, our buddy. Snakebitefoundation.org. Snakebite. <clears throat> we had our buddy Brent on before to talk about a Snake Snakebite Foundation, who we haven't had on in a while. We need to have Brent. I miss Brent. He's not here. <laughs> come, to, come to Lake Charles. I'm going to be at Lake Charles. And bring the stuff, and he'll be there. That's where that's he lives. Tr- that's true. Katie won't be there. Possibly. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. <clears throat> but Depends on what our kid has to do. Yeah, he was there all day, both days. This woman in front of me is wearing, I can almost see her ass. Yep. That's Kayla. No, 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 not no, that no, one. No, no, no. You can't see it because it's a giant There's thing. a column oh, yeah, in the way. Kind of tall? Yeah, she's wearing yeah, shorts that are shaped like underwear. She had black top? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw her when she came in. Uh, there was. I'm just. If you don't go to reptile shows, go to reptile shows for people watching. It's interesting. It there, was a very interesting people watching weekend. The, yeah, there were some because they come in wearing quote unquote clothes. Yeah, but they make you question Whether when they're or not built like clothes. me and they're wearing stuff from the junior section. <laughs> so you missed the one earlier. Uh, not body shaming, but <laughs> so you know, how, like sometimes a guy wears a shirt that's just too short yeah, and the yeah, belly yeah. hangs out the bottom. That apparently happens with women too. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, interesting. I can, I can make fun of people because we're fat. Yes. You can't do it if you're not fat. Yes. Well, That's, I don't care if you want to. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was a good show. Um, I think I sold a few boas, so that's good. We'll see. Cool. You did sell a few boas. You don't think you did. You did. I'm just waiting the money's in hand. I'm, I'm very... <laughs> the, the, I know. I just want to need money. <laughs> it's not like it's a customer walking around in going, hand. I'll come back in a little bit. It is... <laughs> Those are the fucking... By the way, if you've never been to a show and someone comes to you and says, I'm going to make my way back around, don't get your hopes up. Probably never going to see Don't do it. Don't do it. That's because people don't have the ability to say, no, thank you, and walk away, which I would much rather you say. If you go to a show and you're not going to buy something, even if you spend the time talking to them, like, thank you for the information. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get it this time. That's how I feel when I sell Girl Scout cookies with our daughter. Yeah. Just tell me no. Yeah. That is oh, a li- people that are going into the store, yeah. oh, I'll get you on the way out. No, or- you won't. Yeah, just say no. I'm cool with that. That's I, and that feelings. is an acceptable answer. Now, I can tell you. Because one Conroe show, don't have someone drop the price on an animal, agree to it, and then go, ah, never mind, and walk away. That's a dick move. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Still kind of (laughs) fucking no. We got to have Gonzo back on at some point. We'll have to lower the microphone, though, for him. Yeah. Uh, I told Gonzo I wanted someone to draw him as a gnome, but flipping flipping you off. I wanted that little Gonzo You're going to make a sticker? I would. I'd fucking make a Gonzo sticker where he's just flipping people off as a gnome. Oh, my Lord. Fucking hilarious. We just need a picture of it, and then we can... You can use Photoshop to turn it into a cartoon. Yeah, I'm not that good, though. But that means we'd have to have him dress up as a gnome. No, you add like the gnome hat and stuff to his image once you cartoonize it. Or we just it. Photoshop his face onto a gnome, which I think I can do much easier. There you go. Uh, <laughs> next show, again, this this probably won't go out before the next show. Um, so go check Herp's uh, website. Check for show dates, show times. Robert will be at all of them except for Oklahoma, I think. Probably. Most likely, maybe. If not, he can get you at the next one. Uh Again, check out Lil's Shop of Horrors for all your feeder needs. Literally reading a post about him right now. Customers attending meetups. Colon. Semicolon. Whatever. Please bring containers to transport your orders. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. For anybody that didn't see that, Sean just came for over here and started making it rain on the table. Yep. Paying James for his boas. <laughs> my God. Hey, you have money in hand now. Too. I do have money in hand. I have sold boas. <laughs> He just said, hand. I think I sold some boas. I'm like, you sold boas. It's I'm, Sean. <laughs> it's a reptile show, and until money is in hand, I trust no one. I said, it's not like it's a customer. said, well, let me make a lap and come back. You know? That's true. But they're always, they always come back, Robert. Yeah. It's her birthday. She's getting to spend lots of money. 
Kaylin is. <laughs> She's 21 now. Kaylin is now 13. And they didn't card her at lunch. They didn't card you at lunch? <laughs> yeah. There. There's Sean. It's on. You're good. Oh. <laughs> Sean's trying to figure out headphones. Real quick. So. <laughs> We did the silent auction for Tom. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know how much we raised, but um, okay. So, I won the Phoenix Reptiles thing, and for everybody to know, I'm going to re-donate it. So, anybody listening, it's going to be at NERBC at the US Ark auction. They're going to be doing something for Chris Eaton. Eaton. Cool. So I'm re-donating that. Nice. So what was that? Thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollar gift certificate. For, towards everybody, we've had uh, Bill to go on before. If yeah. you talk about the the sickness and all those amazing mm-hmm. green trees. Yeah, he donated a thousand dollars, a gift certificate, basically. Yes. To this for auction. anything it, on his table, online doesn't matter. Morph yeah. Market doesn't matter. Well, I want it. I'm redonating it, so it'll be up for grabs at the auction for Chris Eaton. Awesome. Good. Cool. Okay. Is Chris coming in? He's not coming. No, he's and not. And ARB season two weekends, right? Two weekends. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. So we'll make sure this is out before then. Yeah, we'll put it out in two weeks. We'll do that. Um. So yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw I saw that Bill posted that he was giving away a thousand or auctioning off a thousand dollars. I was like, man, that's amazing. Uh, and then it'll get to go again, so that's gonna be great. Yep. Uh, anyways, right, time like to said, go pack it up. It's time to pack all this up. We will be back uh, again, again. Uh, this will be out before our next show, but I'm looking forward to our next show. That'll be fun. Thanks for listening. Come join us on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when we record these things live, and be part of our chats. And we'll see everybody later. Goodbye. Bye.